Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, which was recorded during the 2020 lockdown in the UK, is with Nicholas Lawson, a journalist who writes weekly newsletter, The Single Supplement. After stints teaching English abroad and in marketing, she decided she wanted to become a journalist and won a prestigious bursary, setting her on the path to writing for The Guardian and HuffPost. Now freelance, Nicola's relocated back to her hometown in Shropshire and talks to me all about life as a single woman and how that impacts the freelance work-life balance, the joy of writing a newsletter and what it can do for your career, and how she's getting out on her refurbished bike for exercise during lockdown. Find Nicola's newsletter at thesinglesupplement.substack.com. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I am chatting to Nicola Slawson, journalist and author of the Single Supplement Newsletter. Hi, Nicola. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Tell me a little bit about your (laughs) freelance, including the Single Supplement, which is brilliant. So I've been freelance since September. And previous to that, I worked for HuffPost for 18 months as a news reporter. But I was actually freelance before that job as well and mainly worked at The Guardian. I've got I've had experience of being freelance before and because I wanted to move away from news reporting and also I was getting irritated by the content that's out there for single women I decided to set up a newsletter encouraged actually by um, Anna Codriarado who has Mm. a a newsletter of her own because she she's been able to get work off the back of it and so I thought oh maybe I'll give that a go and so I'd written an article my last article for HuffPost or one of my last was about being single and being the only single person in your friendship group Mm -hmm. and I had such a good reaction to it that I decided okay I'm actually going to do this so I just set it up before I had time to think about it and just announced on social media and I had a really good response yeah Yeah, I just didn't I just decided to just do it rather than think about it too much and I thought I'll just see what happens and yeah it was like people were saying really nice things about it and then suddenly I got asked to be interviewed for this Guardian article and then the next week Emma Watson said her comments about self-partnering and so the Guardian article that I'd actually already been interviewed for because they were already doing it they obviously edited it at the top to make it clear that you know it was in the news that came out and my subscriber list just shot through the roof Um, and I was also uh, in the Metro and HuffPost so by November, I had more than a thousand subscribers. That's amazing. So, so then, yeah. So then I was <laughs> I like, okay, not. this is actually <laughs> becoming a thing. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I decided to go weekly. I got a logo. I decided, right, okay, I better take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, I have started to get work off the back of it. So people know the kinds of things I like to write about now. And so I'm getting commissions on all sorts of different issues like recently I wrote about the women who are single who would like to be mothers and Mm. the decision they've got to make I wrote about being single people who are single over 50 who are really positive about it so yeah it's been really good for me and also I think it's raised my profile lots of people who never sort of noticed who I was before (laughs) now (laughs) follow me on Twitter and stuff so and then because of what's happened with the coronavirus Mm. pandemic it's really come into its own as well because I actually launched a Facebook community group for single people Oh, about I didn't know this. Yeah, ooh, ooh. about a month before this all kicked off. Mm-hmm. And it was great at first, you know, lots of nice people. It was really sweet. And then suddenly this has happened and it's it's got, it's about, about there's about, I think, 900 people in it now or something. And they're all like 
talking to each other and supporting each other. They're from all over the world. You know, mm. I've got people from India, Canada, um, Italy, everywhere. And it's just so lovely to see. And then I had my very first Zoom hangout with with a group of oh, them cool. the other day. So um, so that they can, a lot of them living on their own mm-hmm. and a single and obviously working from home now, lockdown. So it's just really nice to get together with a bunch of other people who are in a similar boat so it's been crazy but um really good yeah really really good it's totally different from what I was doing before even though I am a writer it's actually a pivot for me because I was doing news reporting where you take yourself out of the story yeah and um and you're working sort of very fast and now I'm doing all this personal essay writing and, and stuff so it's and it's been great I've loved it it's made me more creative as well actually because I have to come up with an idea every week mm-hmm. yeah for the because weekly is a big commitment isn't it I think yeah. if people are thinking about starting a newsletter I might advise them to try monthly first but I think if you're an experienced writer I guess weekly you're yeah. not going to perhaps struggle to type the words up you're probably quite a speedy typer I'm imagining mm. if you've been a news journalist making it current and making it work mm. for you emotionally as well is that quite a challenge yeah so I read that the best way to make a newsletter successful is to be consistent so Mm. originally I was every two weeks and I was experimenting with which day worked I've settled on Sunday because I had quite a lot of feedback from people being like oh it's great to like open on a Sunday and drink you know read it while drinking coffee so I've stuck to Sunday and then I'm about to sort of launch a paid for version Mm-hmm. because it's taking now so much time and obviously being a freelance journalist time is money so I'm sort of it's a bit of a weird time to launch it I don't know when I'm going to do it but the advice was you ha- you should go weekly if you want to do that so I thought okay let's try it weekly Brilliant. <laughs> and actually it's been great like I've just come up I, th- I thought oh, no I'm never going to be able to come up with an idea but actually every week I've got more than one idea that I could go with oh, cool. um, and it's more of a case of choosing which one's best obviously like then launching social media platforms as well so I've had to learn quite a lot about that because I've only ever done oh no I have actually done social media for for work before actually but it was a long time ago and it wasn't Instagram so it's obviously quite I find it quite difficult to get new followers and all of that so (laughs) somebody said to me that if you stop the more people you follow, then the more algorithms boost through to maybe other people following you. But then I guess you don't want to just follow mm. all the randoms just so that someone else might follow you back. It's about quality over quantity. Yeah. Do you think so? I prefer it to reach the people that it's meant to reach. Yes. And it's hard because you're supposed to do all this stuff with hashtags. Mm. Um, I'm sure lots of small business people listening to this will have learned that they're supposed to sort of gain the hashtags and learn which hashtags are popular with their audience and then yeah. try and get to the top of those but no one really does hashtags for being single woman <laughs> <laughs> and I do put hashtag single woman and then I just get a bunch of horrible men oh, messaging God. me I'm basically doing it at the weekend so it is a it's definitely a side hustle for me at the moment a passion project but I'd like it to be more if possible because I love it I just love it and it would be good to be able to spend a bit more time so I can do a better job but yeah I think you're doing quite a good job already (laughs) you're right as well I love the idea that doing something like that could lead to other work because I think for some people they're not keen to do a side hustle project unless it's immediately going to generate income but actually I love how you've seen it as a possibility to to jump to other work to do the Mm. gap bridging between news journalism and lifestyle journalism and that it's opened up other commissions that's really a great way of thinking about how it might 
help you might lead to yeah. radio interviews tv interviews yes. a book yeah. there's all kinds of income streams that could lead so. on from that yeah book be brilliant publishers um, if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> you've summed it up perfectly like i I've got a buy me a coffee thing on the bottom of the newsletter and some Mm. people, you know, occasionally buy me a coffee, which is really nice. But, but yeah, I'm not currently making any money from it, although I do hope to do something to help, but I'm more doing it just because it's great for me to practice writing in that way. And also like the feedback I'm getting is so positive that it's like spurring me on and people are saying, you know, this is exactly what I needed and I didn't even know I needed it. Or someone actually said that it was filling the gap left by the pool, which is like the best compliment I've received in my life. Yeah. And I I never wrote for the pool because I hadn't pitched to them before they closed down, which is, I was gutted about because I always wanted to write for them. They would so Um, have commissioned you. They'd probably have you as a dating columnist, which isn't helpful to you now is it for me to that, that? <laughs> that's a lesson in why you should pitch now if you're a journalist you should pitch yes. now to your favorite organization because you never know what might happen because i i waited because i was too nervous and then oh, um, especially and then i guess for other late. people who might be like not even journalists as well say someone's got a client that they might want to connect with or someone they wanted to send their cv to it's hard exactly. to be brave but if you dare to do that that could really open up and someone might be at home thinking i need new freelancers to connect with I need new people right now my business is suffering and perhaps they need new voices or new blood on their team you never know do you you never know the newsletter and obviously you're writing now is about single life how do you feel about single life and freelance life do you think it's harder or better Mm -hmm. to be freelance and single I know when I was both of those things at the same time actually I could focus more because I didn't have to think about having all the other sides of life with a partner in hindsight actually you know it's harder sometimes to find time that you can work into the evening but then the negative of that is you're working you're working into the evening (laughs) how do you juggle it all and what do you think Um, about all of that yeah I think the main downsides of being both freelance and single is obviously you've got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders because all Mm -hmm. the bills are yours and you're freelance so it's not like you can 100% 100% guarantee your income although what I try and do is have my fingers in lots of pies so which is really helpful at the moment obviously because you know I maybe will lose work but I've still got other stuff going on yes. so yeah try and have yeah my irons and lots of fires so there's that and it is also if you had a really bad day or I don't know your boss is annoying you that's not to be a freelance but you know someone's annoying you yeah, it is quite annoying that you can't rant to somebody at the end of yeah. the day <laughs> or like if you're going through a really busy period you've got loads on for before Christmas I was running a massive crowdfunder mm. and in oh, yeah, the end my, about that in a minute yeah. yeah in the end like I I just ate junk food put on loads of weight and my flat was just a disaster zone because I was so busy and if I'd have lived with somebody they could have helped pick up the slack so so there's there are downsides obviously but but like you said since I moved to London to try and be a journalist I've pretty much been single although I have had little relationships in the middle and yeah I've completely changed my life because I was teaching English abroad oh wow um, so I I was living in Spain and mm. then I decided that I really wanted to make this journalism thing happen and so I just really focused on myself for the last sort of seven years, six, six years, which has been really good for my career, obviously. And then when I was doing a lot of new shifts, I was just saying, yeah, at The Guardian, I was saying yes to any shift 
just everything anything yeah. and everything some people are like you're obsessed and I'm like it's because I'm right at the beginning and now's like the time to like strike while the iron is hot they know me yeah. you say yes to everything be really flexible be willing to go anywhere in the country for a story which I did a lot of because it would have been more difficult if I'd have had more responsibilities at home for example mm. or so if I'd had children or yeah a partner who <laughs> had a nine-to-five job and didn't understand that I couldn't hang yes. out every evening because I did a lot of evening shifts so yeah there's definitely upsides and downsides I think that I would I would like to find a partner but I don't I also I'm such a journalist I need a deadline I need accountability so I just don't do anything about it but I think that's Love actually that. I was actually talking to my friend Tiffany uh, Philippu about this is she was just saying I, I feel like you need somebody to like say right you have to get a date right you know you have to sort it out because I'm quite happy with my life I think that Mm. if I was more miserable then you know maybe I'd have more of an impetus I do want it but I'm also like meh I'll just put it off a bit I'll just put it off (laughs) and also I just decided right I'm gonna try and get a date and then literally I was like, I'm going to get a date by next uh, Thursday because this dating and relationship coach had offered to work with me. Ooh. And then next thing, you know, we can't go out and now we're in lockdown. So it's, it's now you have a virtual perfect. date. You didn't have a I've Zoom perfect, date, did you? Well, I could, no, but I've got the perfect excuse now. I'm like, oh no, never mind. I can't do anything about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's bad in a way, actually. So, basically oh yeah I'm just a journalist I need I think that's why the, with the newsletter it's good as well because it is every once a week and mm-hmm. because my readers do tell me how much they rely on it it's like the it's like this external pressure on me to actually make sure I get it out yeah on Sunday morning because even if I get it out two hours late I try and get out at 7 30 a.m every Sunday even two hours late people are like where is it is it not coming today and yeah like, I know I would be as a reader I kind of think oh yeah I'd want to be like oh this is for my morning cup of tea on a Sunday yeah, morning more like so, the lifeline yeah. no, it's good for me it's good for my creativity it's good for me actually doing it um and also I try not to be too perfect so um I know that every you know I'm doing it once a week it's not going to be perfect um there's some that I've just kind of bashed out and they're not that great but then people have like some mourners liked a part of it or you know mm. but then there was one where I spent ages on it and I was so proud of it and um about 10 people unsubscribed so I was like oh. you I just never know my... how something's gonna yeah. land do you I thought it was gonna be my most popular one and it was like tumbleweed and then oh, people and I was like oh my god and somebody but somebody did email me and it was funny because it was somebody's marriage with children oh. who emailed me to say I've I really resonate with this newsletter so I was like wow okay cool. oh that's lovely yeah that's who you're reaching and I yeah, guess I've got, you... I've got men as well oh well they're single also <laughs> I know imagine if you met someone through the newsletter to be honest I did think that at the beginning I was like because yeah. I have a friend who's who set up a dating blog ages ago and she it was a really funny blog and it was all about these like disastrous dates and everything and then this guy so it had been shared on her Facebook uh, by friends and so a friend of a friend this guy messaged her and said let me take you on a date because you keep dating these idiots oh my Um, and they're married now so yeah Yeah. that's a great story it really resonates for me as well because I used to write a lot of dating articles and it got to the point where I realized that actually when I met my, my boyfriend, like 50% of my income stream went overnight because yeah. then when I got a boyfriend. I was like, all oh, right, I can't write about dating now and I can't be the voice of single women. So it's almost like actually 
perhaps the universe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I like, mean, oh, you know, that's worrying. <laughs> um, yeah, people, everyone has asked me, what are you going to do? But for me, like, I kind of wanted to set it up as a platform. Hmm. And then the idea is that I would then hire, hopefully, hire a, a writer and edit. I want it to continue, mm-hmm. um, whatever happens to me. <laughs> I, I think it's a really important it's important to hold space for single people and and also I don't actually talk about dating a, a lot in it it's more just about issues and the highs and lows of being single and stigma and pressure and stuff like that um and I just I think it's so important to have that so yeah I really would love it to I want it to I want to get it to a point where it's like a thing and I can say okay I've established it and then I can pass the baton on we'll see Fantastic. i don't know what's going to happen but that's why i set up a separate instagram and and facebook and everything so it's not just me and i'm going to have guest writers and q and a's so i've got loads of plans awesome no <laughs> i we'll love see. it do you think newsletters are the new blog like i yes. think like because i try and do a blog as well and actually i find myself pouring a lot more of my love into the newsletter and i think oh the blog will probably yeah. continue but the newsletter is much more yeah I used to have a blog when I was living in Spain. I blogged every single day of the year. Oh my goodness. In 2013 as like a challenge. And I loved it. But I love the newsletter because it goes into people's inboxes and it feels a little bit like you've got a pen pal. And I used to love writing to pen pals when I was a kid. So I think it's for me like, plus I love like the idea of curating stuff for my readers that I think they might like or or find interesting. Whereas I didn't, didn't do any of that on a blog. It was just me sort of rambling I have been telling everyone everyone who I've who's mentioned oh I want to write as I like, start a newsletter <laughs> it works perfectly if you've got like a niche yes. um which is why this has taken off because and it's why obviously you, you've done really well because you've got this niche about freelancing it's about well-being whereas if you just have a newsletter and it's just about random stuff I think you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to find your your people so yeah if you've got like a niche thing like a friend of mine was thinking of doing a blog about long distance running and like the motivation where you get motivation from and and just generally lots about that um and why it's good for her and stuff and I was like do a newsletter (laughs) I literally said to everyone now do a newsletter newsletter. Um, newsletter. yeah (laughs) I think they're becoming more popular the quality's improving people are getting used to them because I think before a newsletter you'd think it was from a company and it was, you know, it was basically just a sales email. Mm, and yeah. now they're actually quite thoughtful and yeah, they're cur- curating the internet for you basically. And that's why I love them. We sort of talked a little bit there about sort of, you know, working by yourself and stuff. And obviously at the moment, everybody is on lockdown, you know, people are self-isolating. How are the freelance feels for you in terms of being single, being freelance, working by yourself? What's, what's the situation for you right now? How are you feeling what kind of advice would you share for people in that respect? I've been thinking about this for a long time, actually, because ages ago I wrote an article for Metro about whether freelancing is better or worse for your mental health. And in it, I was saying going into the office and being around people is good for my mental health anyway, especially because I'm an extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also good to have the flexibility of being freelance. Obviously now we're all at home. So I do feel like I've got a bit of a head start from other people because I'm used I am used to working from home on my own. Although before the lockdown I would still do a shift at the Guardian every other week or every week and I would go into the office for that. And that was Mm. nice because I've got to hang out with people. (laughs) Yeah you get the Um, interaction and then you get to go and squirrel yourself away again, don't you? 
choice has and been then, taken away now, hasn't it? The choice yes, to go exactly. Something. That's the mm. thing. I'm I'm used to it, but it's but normally it's a choice, and I can decide to go and work in a cafe or a co-working space or with press pad. I would sometimes go and work at my boss's flat. Oh, cool. Um, got a great cat that was a big <laughs> incentive <laughs> and obviously yeah just having the choice taken away it's actually meant it has been a struggle even for me even though I am used to it and yeah my anxiety's just been through the roof I'm sorry um, to hear that actually, that's not good yeah it's um I've, I've I feel much better this week actually I think that it's now sort of become a bit normal the situation so mm-hmm. I sort of got used to it. And also because I was moving house as well. <laughs> so where, where have you moved from and to? Where, as we speak, where are you now? What's so your, I'm in Shropshire. So my oh, plan yeah. was to, one of the reasons I went freelance is because I wanted to move out of London. Couldn't do that while in a staff job where the job was based in London. So I've been, but I've been sort of putting it off because I was a bit nervous about doing it. I didn't want editors to think like, I, I don't know, I was irrelevant. And then I decided, right, I'm going to do it in May. And actually, I'd been thinking and actually starting to look for houses. And then it became clearer and clearer that we were probably going on lockdown. And I decided for my own well-being, it was better Mm -hmm. for me to lock down at my parents' house. And because I found it really difficult to be on my own single freelance mm. <laughs> it was a lot of alone yeah. it was a bit too much for me it's a lot of alone that's um, a really that's a perfect way of putting it it's a lot yeah. of alone. yeah I think with my mental health I just thought I was sort of deciding and I wrote an article about about being single and living alone and coronavirus and I decided after I wrote that no actually for me it would make sense to move back and then I was like well what's the point in paying rent in London especially because it's so expensive um, and I don't know what's going to happen with my work if I lose work. So then it made much more sense to, and because I was moving anyway. Yeah. So then I just moved in a week. I basically, or like five days, I packed my entire flat up by myself. I'm still traumatized from it. It was awful. That's stressful. Oh and then, yeah, removal van came to get me on the Sunday. And, you know, on the Thursday, I had like three separate people calling me who knew somebody high up in the military who said that London was going to be put on military lockdown and I had oh to get out. God by tomorrow and I was like oh my god and my friend was going to try and organize this rescue mission of getting her husband to come and get me in the van that night but I just wasn't ready and I just had a panic complete panic so (laughs) so yeah oh my god trying to do some work luckily I because I like you've mentioned I work for press pad two days a week and they were absolutely fine about me putting off my shift. So I haven't lost any money, but I didn't do work for them last week. And also I wrote to an editor that had a deadline and asked for an extension. And she was, I've never done that before. And I've always heard it's like the worst thing to do. But honestly, she reacted in the nicest, kindest oh, way. That's I was lovely. like, I can't concentrate. My anxiety's too bad. And I'm trying to move house. And it's going to be bad, this article. So <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. But I'm just letting you know. And she was like, no, don't do it. Like, it's absolutely fine. It's Because luckily there was no real rush on it. So it wasn't like a timely one. That's she brilliant so advice, though. All those people who haven't reached out and just been... I was really honest in the email. I thought, oh, God. And it's a new editor as well. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to lose this one. But I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And she was so lovely. So, yeah, I was really pleased about that. So basically, I just asked for help from the people <laughs> I for. 
by not asking not to work and they were all great and I think that's one of the best things about this whole thing is that people are being really compassionate well, not everyone yeah. there's obviously some bad companies out there who are not being compassionate but yes I've seen so many lovely stories about really compassionate business decisions if you like and so because of that I managed to get back to Shrewsbury well my hometown although my parents actually live in a village so I'm working from a bedroom it's not actually my childhood bedroom <laughs> and it's going it's going okay so far <laughs> you've been cycling haven't you I saw you yeah that your dad's done up your old not an old bike although I think your friends got you a bike that yeah was they got me a bike five years ago but for the last couple of years I haven't ridden it because I had it was the problems with the brake and so it was in a really bad condition and I I brought it back with me and I just thought my dad's going to be like this is can't do anything with this but he's a mechanic oh cool. and um he's retired now actually but he was a mechanic and so it gave him a little project to do for the last three days so and now you have a way of doing your daily exercise I know that I'm so grateful I mean I'm wondering whether they'll take it away from us but the daily exercise is saving me so. and yeah I've got this bike so I can get out and there's really quiet country roads near here and it's just amazing feeling that's the best part of my day I look forward to it tell me a little bit and all this is a little bit about press pad and how yeah. you got involved with them because it's such a great initiative and we met up at the launch actually yeah we did putting oh, faces to Instagram names time when we party together yeah exactly that was a good party as well <laughs> oh thanks um yeah I was pretty proud of that event actually so when I wanted to be a journalist well when I finished my undergrad I just didn't feel confident enough to do it. Just didn't feel like I didn't know anyone. As I said, my dad's a mechanic, my mum's a nurse. Just didn't feel like I could get in. I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't want to move to London. And that's uh, odd, actually. Most people are like, I know, take me to the golden paved street. I never wanted to move there, but anyway, I ended up there. It took me a long time. I did loads of other stuff, and then I was like, okay, I really need to make this happen. But I had no money and no contact still, um, so. <laughs> I got an internship it was unpaid internship it was supposed to be three months ended up six months and I had my eye on the Scott Trust bursary which is this really amazing prestigious bursary scheme where they pay for your MA and living costs and you get an internship and my dream was to write for the Guardian I'm like obsessed with the Guardian since I was about 16 <laughs> so it's like this is a bit embarrassing but I actually googled how to get a job at the Guardian that's good advice. When I was living in Spain. <laughs> Focus on the people you want to work with. Yeah, and it said Scott Trust Bursary, and I was like, yeah. right, I'm going to get the Scott Trust Bursary. So I that's awesome. found this internship, and then I lived and worked in a boarding school, which I ran, it was a really random boarding school. It wasn't like a proper, it was like a tiny little place in London. It was like the cross between Centrinians and Fulton Towers. It was falling down. <laughs> the teenagers were wild, and yeah, I was like their supervisor so I looked after them at nights and weekends mm. it's basically like their mum teachers would come up to me and talk to me about their homework and their progress as if I was oh like goodness. their parent um it's a really random job and it was so small I had to do all the cooking and it was a crazy job so then I'd work all day at the internship and then in the evening I'd work all night at the boarding oh school goodness. and obviously that meant I was knackered stressed yeah. I uh, had no money. <laughs> they did pay me, but main, the main payment was the accommodation. And then I got the Scott Trust bursary. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it so literally changed awesome. my life completely. Yeah. And then I, I sort of realised when I did my MA that I was quite unique, which I find really weird because everyone on my course 
well nearly everyone on my course had been to private school Oxford Cambridge they all seemed to know each other they knew they all seemed to know somebody like a member of their family was already high up in journalism they were all like oh yeah I'm staying at my um parents uh, spare flat in Holland Park that's just empty or like they were they were like, my eyes are really it. wide right now I realize I do this all the time where I don't realize people who are listening can and see I was like, my eyes just went mega wide I'm like yeah. oh yeah I've got, got a spare flat in Holland Park one girl said to me on my first day she, someone had found out that I got the Scotch bursary and she said oh it's so great that poor people like you can try and be a journalist and I was like my eyes are even wider now oh my god <laughs> I'm from a working class background but I consider it to be a quite a normal background like my parents did own a house I didn't grow up in council uh, estate but on that course mm. I was totally different from everyone else there was a few other people and obviously we made friends <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd st- sort of started to realize that actually it's a problem and it's really elite and so then when I heard about I was actually going to set up a networking group for journalists and working class backgrounds and put mm. something up on Twitter and it sort of went crazy I've still got like 80 emails to go through somebody said I should speak to Olivia who is the founder of Presspad and they match interns with senior journalists who have a spare room so that they've got somewhere to stay and she just said that she was doing a crowdfunder soon we had a phone conversation about it and she said she was doing a crowdfunder. And I said that I ran the crowdfunder for Positive News, which I did a few, quite a few years ago, which is where I did my internship. And then I oh. stayed on. And because I used to work in marketing, I did, the, I did the crowdfunding strategy just before I left. So I said, oh, I've got some experience of crowdfunding. And she said, oh, we're looking for a freelancer to come on board. And actually at that moment, I was, I'd been thinking of going freelance. And I thought, well, I really could do with at least a job that's two days a week yes. just to help, you know, what it's like with bills. And she literally made the decision for me because I'd been looking for something that was like two days a week. I just got rejected from something else. And then she said, we're looking for somebody. And because I'm so passionate about it, I was like, yeah. I started off and it was almost like they were my client. And now I'm pretty much one of the senior members of the leadership <laughs> so you get sucked in so yeah it was it was uh, the crowdfunder was ended up being in December and then we raised 35,000 pounds in 29 days and then we won an extra 10k because NatWest were impressed with our campaign so it was cool it's awesome. I, my campaign <laughs> you really get things um, done don't you you're a doer. and then yeah I was really motivated I've never worked harder on anything in my entire life if you're ever thinking of doing a crowdfunder it's so much harder than you think it takes mm-hmm. over your entire life I'd wake up in the morning and check the amount I was obsessed and so we have got loads of big plans but we are obviously on hold at the moment because we can't well work experience is on hold for young journalists mm. So, but we've, we're doing, we're going to do lots of digital stuff, which I'm planning. Plus we were already working on our website and redoing all the copy on it. So I'm quite busy with that at the moment. So Brilliant. yeah, it's good. It's funny that you talk about sort of the new freelancers and I thought it'd be nice to end with a bit of advice. Do you have a piece of advice from your own experience, perhaps for someone who is a new freelancer right now and they're thinking, oh God, I'm suddenly in a situation where being a new freelancer is also battling against all the other new freelancers who are out there applying their trade, what would be your sort of parting bit of wisdom for people who are thinking, what am I doing? Help. <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. I kind of want to tell them to start a newsletter. <laughs> to answer to everything. Start a newsletter. Yeah. Well, why um, not? You've got time. <laughs> yeah. Why not? And then you'd start, you'll start getting a name for yourself if you mm-hmm. do a good job. So yeah, just trying to find opportunities and, and you can still network 
even though you're not able to go to networking events. So speaking to people on on Twitter and actually joining the conversation, you might start getting editors following you. If you, this is an advice actually that Donna Ferguson, who's an amazing freelance journalist, Mm. uh, gave me. She was like, I followed editors I liked on Twitter, sort of, and engaged with the conversation. You know, if they asked a question, I'd answer it. Just they started seeing my name, and so then when you start pitching, they've already got your name in mind because you've you've sort of engaged with them. You follow on Instagram. It sounds a bit stalkery, but it's not. No, it's good. It's yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right. It's like when you be at a networking event, you might think, okay, I know so and so is here. I follow them on Twitter. If you dare to at a networking event, you might go up to them and say, hello, I just wanted to introduce myself. Yeah. I'm so-and-so. It's that, but virtually yeah, at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think don't be too disheartened and just keep putting yourself out there and making sure that you promote yourself as well. I think people are really bad at promoting yes. themselves and shouting about what they're good at and actually I haven't had to do it yet but the few times I've seen friends who've done like a tweet saying work's a bit dry at the moment Mm. and and people have given them work and then they develop relationships so yeah just being a bit pushing yourself out of your comfort zone yeah uh, is my advice definitely it takes some getting used to to promote yourself but once you do it like that's that's the thing I sort of learned from being around so many people who went to private school is they're Mm. so good at being confident and putting themselves forward and (laughs) and even if they're not that great at they're willing to like they're so confident that people give them stuff anyway so yeah that's what I've learned from them is just to they're all really good at anyway so we may as well steal their ideas not their (laughs) story ideas but their like the way they put themselves forward and like channel their energy I guess yeah yeah Yeah. That's brilliant advice. I love it. So it's like yeah. getting out there. And that's the thing. Yeah. I suppose social media is there at the moment and we are all at home. So it is a chance to do the things that you might not have time to normally like yeah. follow people, like actually go through your list of who you are following and see if maybe there are people you could unfollow because they're not productive to your feed yeah. and you follow other people in their place. So that's a really, really great piece of advice. Yeah. Actually, We have to be creative in these times. And if, mm. if you can start something that makes you stand out, which is really hard because obviously loads of people are doing all sorts of things, but I'm sure there's still stuff out there that like people haven't thought of, then you're really? going to get noticed. And that's <laughs> what journalism's all about. Well, this is for journalism, obviously, but, um, but it works but in any other... industry, doesn't it? You know, somebody's a, a copywriter or somebody's an illustrator or somebody's a graphic designer following the right people on social yeah. media could lead to future collaborations and so on and really, yeah it? and also I think in the short term a lot of us are going to have to reinvent ourselves a little bit because we are in this crazy situation using your transferable skills and thinking outside the box ways that you can find work that might not be exactly what you usually do but something that you can give it a go for a few months yeah I think that people are going to have to just get really creative um, yes. But there's They're some freelance. great things out there that people are people are doing. Um, so yeah, someone said, you know, if you're a writer, copywriter, for example, um, there's going to be a lot of education sites that are going to need nice. content because yes. so much home homeschooling, for example. So perhaps try and get some copywriting work in on education websites mm-hmm. and businesses. So that's interesting as well. Like I hadn't thought of that. There you go. There's an idea for Brilliant. people. I love it. Thank <laughs> know where you. the money is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's other good advice. Isn't yeah, it? I like think that. about who will have money right now. 
<laughs> and follow that and where they and talking of shouting about yourself tell us where everybody can find you okay. uh, if they'd like to follow you both you and you as a journalist and you as single supplement tell us all of the ways people could follow or find you on twitter i'm nicola underscore slawson and slawson's like lawson with an s for sierra on the front it's cool. very strange and it's the single sup with two p's on twitter because they wouldn't let me have the whole thing um and then on instagram it's the same for my personal ones it's nicola underscore slawson and then the single supplement is just the single supplement all one word if you want to join the community group that i mentioned earlier it's the single supplement community so you can just search for that on uh, facebook there's lots of lovely people oh thank you my dear that was brilliant oh thanks very much for having me good old chin wag that's a good old chin wag Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do take a moment to rate and review it. I would be super grateful. If you'd like to find out more about Freelance Feels, it's at freelance underscore feels on Twitter and Instagram, freelancefeels.com online, and there's now a Freelance Feels newsletter at freelancefeels.substack.com. See you again soon.